In this video today, we are actually going to speak about eight reasons why the old covenant or the law of Moses is no longer binding today. Let's go. The first reason I want us to cover today is that it was prophesied by the prophet Jeremiah that God was going to do away with the law. This is because the law of Moses was written in stone and was not based on a relationship but merely was based on works. As a result, people could not come into a close relationship with God because all the Lord did was it was written on stone and it was only an observance, a matter of observing, but there was not really a relationship that was close that could be created between the law observer and God. Hence now, the new law of Christ, which is inscribed in the tablets of the heart, had to be brought by God. When we read the book of Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 34, Jeremiah says that, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when he, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. He says, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. All shall know me from the least to the greatest of them, says the Lord. So in this passage of scripture, what we have noticed is that God had already released a prophecy a long way before, even, when, even before Jesus came through the mouth of Jeremiah, that a time was coming that the law of Moses was going to be abolished and that the new law of Christ was going to be introduced. Why? Because the people of Israel broke that old covenant on their way coming out of Egypt and displaced God. And then God said a new law was going to come. And that law is the law of Christ written on the tablets of the heart, not of stone. The stone is cold, but the heart is warm. In the heart flows blood. In the heart flows issues of life. But in a stone, there is no life. In other words, the law was lifeless and could not brought eternal life. Whereas in the heart, that's where the Lord desires to dwell inside the heart. The second reason is that the glory of the old Mosaic covenant faded whilst the glory of the new covenant of Christ Jesus remains forever. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 to 13, Paul says, For what is passing away was glorious. What remains is much more glorious. So if what was passing away, being the law of Moses, was glorious, how much more the one that remains in being glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not behold his face. Why? Because the glory of that covenant was passing away. So that is the second reason that we are no longer bound by the law of Moses in that this law has passed away with all its glory and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ forever remains. 
The third reason is that the old law was a tutor with an expiry date of the contract. If you have a tutor, a tutor in the NIV version or the New International Version is referred to there as a guardian. If I employ a guardian to take, all, to take care of my children, that is to educate them while they are still babies, I do not need them to be under a tutor for the rest of their lives. A tutor is only there for such a period of, or at such stage that they are at at that time. That is the infancy stage. As they grow, they get into maturity where they will no longer need a guardian, but they will need a real teacher. And likewise, the law was our tutor in order to bring us to Christ. Now that we are in Christ, we no longer need a guardian because our father is here. If you read the book of um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 23 to 25, the Bible says, But before faith came, we were under the guardianship of the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified not by works anymore, but by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. The fourth reason is that the old law can be compared to a dead husband. I love the analogy that the Apostle Paul makes in the book of Romans. He speaks about the law being compared to a dead husband. He starts off by saying that for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, then she's released from his law. We all know that in order for a woman basically to continue in a marriage, the husband has to be alive. But if the husband dies, then the woman is free to marry another. In the same way, the law has been done away with. It is now a dead husband. So by observing the law while we are in Christ, we are committing adultery. Because our husband is Christ. So now that Christ has come and the old husband, the law is dead, we are free. That's why you find Jesus saying yeah, through the mouth of Paul in Galatians. In Galatians chapter 5, he says, Remain in the freedom and liberty that Christ has set you free and be not entangled again by the yoke of slavery. Why? If we are still entangling ourselves, attaching ourselves under the obedience of the law and its precepts and its, and its statutes, we are under bondage. But Christ Jesus came so that he can free us. So we are no longer under now the law, but we are under grace. So now our husband is Jesus. The fifth reason that we are no longer under the old covenant of the law is that our Lord Jesus Christ nailed the law on the cross. If you read one of my favorite passages, it's Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 to 17. I love how it says that having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which were contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way. Meaning he has abolished it. He has removed it. Having nailed it to the cross, and having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. 
And then I love how Apostle Paul ends it in verse 17. He says, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is of Christ. What does this mean, brothers and sisters? Now that we are in the new covenant of our Lord Jesus, we are no longer required to observe Sabbaths new moons festivals just like as they were observed during the old covenant why because we are under a new husband we are under grace we are under jesus he has freed us we have liberty we have freedom freedom to have a relationship with god the father freedom you know to walk in trueness of of life with christ Knowing that God now relates no longer according to a regulation, but he relates with us according to a relationship. That is what I want to emphasize today. The sixth reason is that the Mosaic law does not set aside the covenant of promise made to Abraham, our forefather, which was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. As you remember, when God met Abraham, he gave him a promise. He said, through you, shall come out a seed and through your seed shall all nations be blessed now i want to pose a question who was that seed that seed was not necessarily isaac because according to galatians chapter 3 verse 16 to 19 now to abraham and his seed where the promise is made he does not say and to seeds that is plural he says to seed the seed who is that seed one and to your seed, who is Christ? So Christ is the seed of Abraham. And I love the emphasis in verse 17. And this I say that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ. That it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. So the inheritance that Jesus Christ has brought us, that he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that, you know, that, that, that Apostle Paul spoke, speaks of when he says he has qualified us to share in, that inheritance does not come by observing any law or statute or regulation, but it comes as a result of the promise. So Jesus basically is the one who brought the promise into reality. The seventh reason is that the law is also likened by Paul as a wall of partition which used to stand before us and God, separating us from God. I love what he says now in Ephesians, you know, chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. He says, for he, Jesus himself, is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition that stood between us and God, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments that were contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And I love verse 16, he said that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby dealing away or putting away or putting to death the enmity. So when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says the veil in the temple was, was torn into two. The tearing of the veil into two represented that the law and its worship and its system 
and its ordinances was done away with. Now access was being given to everyone from every nation all across the world to have a relationship and to have fellowship with God and have access into this grace by one man, Christ Jesus. The law that used to make the Jews to feel superior to the rest of the world has now been brought down, has been pulled off, has been put to death. There is now therefore no Jew or Gentile before God, but all are one in Christ. The law and its enmity, it used to be a wall of partition between us and God, has been done away with. Hallelujah. I want to give you the eighth reason. The eighth reason is that the law of Moses is likened like unto a born woman. If you remember, there were two women. There's Hagar, who is the born woman or the slave woman. And there's also Sarah, who is the married wife. I love the analogy that Apostle Paul creates for us in Galatians chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. He says in verse 23, but he who was of the born woman was born according to the flesh, referring to Hagar, and he of the free woman through promise, referring to Sarah, which things are symbolic, for these two are covenants. The one from Mount Sinai gives birth to bondage, and the other is from and and the other from Jerusalem, that is that the, the free Jerusalem is Sarah giving birth to freedom, meaning Sarah is our mother. So Sarah represents the new covenant of grace that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ brought us through his blood. The covenant that was instituted through the precious blood of Jesus speaks much more better things than the covenant of old, which was a covenant of condemnation. So therefore, my sisters and brothers, what am I trying to say? If you remember, Jesus took his disciples one day to the mountain of transfiguration. He was to show them something. When they got to the mountain of transfiguration, the Bible says all of a sudden, Elijah appeared and Moses appeared. And Jesus was right in the middle of them. And they were telling him certain things that were going to happen concerning him going to die on the cross and the salvation that he was to bring to mankind. And the Bible tells us that while they were speaking with him, the disciples slept, slept. And all of a sudden, Peter woke up and said, Lord, I see Elijah, I see Moses, and I see you. Why don't we build three tabernacles here for the three of you? But guess what happened? While he said those words, the Bible says a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son. Referring to Jesus, in whom I am well pleased, hear him. All of a sudden, Elijah and Moses disappeared. What was God the Father saying to them? He was saying to them, now is no longer a time for Moses. Now is no longer a time for Elijah. I love Hebrews 1.1, Hebrews chapter 1, in verse 1, the Bible says, In the past, God spoke to us through the law and the prophets. That is, in those times, back in the day, but in these times, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ. So what, what am I submitting to us? That Jesus is the center of it all. He is the one to whom we cast our worship, who deserves all honor and all praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah.